This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, here we go. We're in our final part of a Happy New Year series called Happy New You. And every single Sunday, we've been building up our spiritual life by modifying, making some changes, by altering, adjusting, uh, doing a little self-examination and making sure we're healthy spiritually. And today is the final piece of it, and I'm excited about it. Let's say this out loud. Say obedience. That's a hard word to say, isn't it? None of us like the word obedience. It's kind of a cousin to discipline, and we don't like it. But here it goes. Obedience always brings blessing. Amen. If we're going to live a victorious life in Jesus, then without question, we're going to have to be willing to deal with what it is that's keeping us from being our best in Jesus Christ. Now, I did this in the first service, and I think it helped. So everybody take your hand out, keep it level, and I want you to imagine imagine something underneath you, and you're, you're pushing it down. Everybody just kind of push it down. Now, what this is, what I'm hoping that you see in this is this is what sin, the world, the things of the world does to you and your family. It presses you down, pushes you down. You'll never soar. You'll never, never be victorious as long as The things of disobedience is pressing you down. Now, back to our hands, everybody. If you want some exercise, we'll do this, and we'll tell our spouses that we exercised this week. How's that? So I'm a camp gladiator right now. (laughs) Now let's lift it higher. So I want you to get this visual. Sin in the world, disobedience, pushes you down, obedience to the word of God, somebody say, it takes me higher. God is always wanting to take you higher. But if you're going to go higher in Jesus, then your flesh has got to go lower. You can't go up in your experience with God without going down in humility Submission, obedience to the word of the Lord. So as sin would have it, it wants to keep us hemmed in, pushed down. The Holy Spirit wants to take us higher in our experience and relationship with God. So until you deal with whatever it is that's pushing on you, you're never going to go to the heights in God that is already in your destiny. You got to deal with it. I asked my wife, what word sounds better? Deal with it or settle it? And she said, baby, deal with it sounds so mean. Just say settle it. And here I am. I've said deal with it 15 times. (laughs) Somebody say deal with it. Now for all of the sweet ones, say settle it. However you're wired, just Take care of business. Deal with, settle 
the problem that's keeping you down. So what, what could those be? There could be a, such a financial debt. You could have accumulated such a financial burden that it's keeping you down. Some of y'all need to be in Financial Peace University. Y'all need to get into Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey's got a curriculum that will set you free. It's biblically based. It's not easy. It's not fun. But obedience always brings a blessing. What if it's marriage problem? Because there's not a person in here that's got just the absolute perfect marriage. All of us need to work on it, tweak it, work at it. You need to get into the small groups coming up next semester that deals with date nights. Hanging out with each other. Some of you need to be a part of small groups that involve Bible studies and prayer time together. Why? Because whatever it is that's pushing you down is going to keep you from going higher in your relationship with God. Think about the children of the Lord, known as the Israelites. They had an 11-day journey from where they were to where God was wanting to take them. 11 days. But it took them 40 years. Why did it take so long? Because they got into a situation where they came into a mountain. Everybody watch this. They, they came to a mountain. And God's plan for them was to traverse or circumvent the problem. But what did they do? They got hung up on the problem. They got focused on the problem. And they for 11, what should have been an 11-day journey, took 40 years because all they did was walk around their problem. They never settled it. They never dealt with it. They never addressed it. Hey, you can't conquer what you won't confront. If you're not willing to confront whatever it is pushing on you, you're never going to conquer it. Somebody say, settle it and move on. Here's where we are today. Obedience is always going to bring a blessing. January the 7th, first Sunday of the year, I took a text. It's found in Hebrews 11. Uh, pardon me. Let's 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 let, let's jump back to Hebrews twelve. Have I read you that yet? I got my reading voice back. Hebrews twelve. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Especially the sin that wraps itself around your feet and trips you up. A couple of the men of this church, they spoiled me rotten last week. They took me up to Kansas on a pheasant hunt. I've never been to Kansas. I've never even seen a pheasant. I thought it looked like a beautiful wild chicken. And we were in Kansas pheasant hunting and I had the time of my life. They spoiled me so good. And I was walking through these thick patches. And I'm telling you about every other step, you'd have to work your boot out and take a step on top of the old corn stalks and that, that natural grass that was growing. Sin wants to get so tangled around your feet. Sin wants to wrap itself around your legs and trip you up and keep you back and hold you down. But, but, but the writer of Hebrews tells us you got to strip Anything 
that's going to slow you down or hold you back. It could be people. It could be environments. It could be habits. It could be something so strong that's been diagnosed in your life as an addiction. It could be something called relationships. Whatever it is or whoever they are or wherever it might be, you better get a hold of it once and for all if you think you're going to go any higher in God. Now, now to Hebrews 11, as I wanted to take you a while ago. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. This was the text from the first Sunday of the year. If you're just now coming in to Calvary for the first time of the year, please go and listen to our podcast. Catch up with the last three. I think this message will make so much more sense for you. So I direct you today to calvaryftw.com or you can download the app, listen to those messages. This was the text from week one. It's impossible to please God. Now that would be terrible if the period came right there. You're telling me it's impossible to please God? Then what's the point of all this, right? Well, that's not what the Bible says. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So in other words, faith and the, and the life of faith, the, the use of faith, pleases the Lord. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those that seek him. Again, obedience to scripture will always be rewarded with a blessing. Now for the next few minutes, I'm going to, in my world, and and kind of the way I see what I do, is I'm going to take my preacher hat off, and I'm going to put my pastor hat on just for a little while. And I want to help some of you recognize a few key scriptures that if you'll obey these scriptures, you're going to reap great reward for your obedience. The first of which is Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and in my notes, if you happen to be looking at my sermon notes on your app, you'll see that I've called this saving faith. So let's look at what the obedience requirement is, and let's try to identify what the reward or the blessing is. Romans 10, verse 9, if you will openly declare, someone say the word confess, If you'll openly confess, if you'll declare that Jesus is the Lord, and if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saving faith. A faith that pleases God to the point of your salvation. What is my faith going to be? It's going to be believing, as the scriptures teach, in my heart, and I must declare it with my mouth. Everybody say, say so. I must say it and believe it in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. What's the obedience? Believing it in my heart with faith and saying or confessing, declaring. What's the reward? Salvation. Saving faith. Someone say amen. Amen. If you're here right now in this service, before you go home today, 
I want to personally ask you to join me in just a few moments. I want you to obey that scripture. Because if you will obey that scripture, you're going to see the reward of the blessing that comes with it. Saving faith. Now this is what's beautiful. Let's go a little bit further. Let's say that now we've obeyed Romans 10. Let's say for conversations reasons that we now have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Look at Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Talking about obedience. Obedience that brings blessing. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Now he saved you. Not because of the righteous things we've done. Now I'm going to mess with somebody's grandmother in this room. Thank God she's not here. I'd already hugged her this morning. But a lot of us struggle in our hearts and minds because we feel the pressure that it's on us. It's on our goodness. It's on our performance to get God's attention. Now, I say loosely about your grandmother. It could be your wife. It could be your son. It could be a boss. It could be your own flesh that says, you better line up or God's going God's to condemn you to hell. You better line up. It's almost like there's this big, long, crazy finger. That comes down and just pops you. But this is what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells me. That God saved you by his grace. When? When you believed. And you can't take credit for it, the Bible says. Why? Because it's a gift from God. It then goes on and just slaps somebody. It says, salvation's not a reward for your goodness. But I, I thought I got good. I, I thought that my goodness is what got God. No, you get God to get good. God's the one that changes the heart. You don't change your heart to get God. You believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, saving faith. But now back to Titus. He says he saved us not because of his righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. Get this, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. Are y'all Holy Ghost people or Holy Spirit people? You a Holy Ghost? Okay. Anybody Holy Spirit? Holy Ghost scares me. I like Holy Spirit. When I hear Holy Spirit, it like comforts me. I hear Holy Ghost, I'm like, why you got to call yourself a ghost? <laughs> My little girls, they got this book they've been reading around the house. And, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just confessing, y'all. I'm just weird sometimes about things. There's certain things I just don't want coming in my eyes and in my ears. I protect my eyes and ears, man. And, and I, know, I know some of y'all, y'all don't care. But me, I'm like, y'all, don't look at that. Don't listen to that. It just panics me. I'm like, that mess you up. It'll get you off track. 
you'll start thinking weird. Just, just stay normal. And man, them girls of mine, they got a holt of a holt. Listen to me, I'm from Louisiana. I said a holt. <laughs> I don't know if we should do video if I'm going to talk like that. <laughs> Could you imagine it? <laughs> Somebody watching the video going, did he rewind that? I think he said a holt. <laughs> but man, they got a hold of this book. And the title of it is Ghost. And I saw him walking through my living room with it. I said, put the book, put the book down. And Denora said, it's fine. I said, it ain't fine. Why y'all reading stuff about ghosts? And they said, it's not like that. And I'm like, it says ghost. So it's funny to me. Some people like the word Holy Ghost. Other people like Holy Spirit. Uh, here's the deal. Don't get hung up on terminology. It'll mess you up. So many people try to make doctrines over crazy stuff that never should have been made doctrines. All right? What we do know is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. We do know that God is a spirit. And he that comes to him should come to him and worship him in spirit and in truth. So this is, this is what I want you to catch. I'm going to use a word here in my notes. You see it. The word is regeneration. I don't expect you to fully just be able to take off and give, you, give me your opinion on regeneration. So let me help you with it. When you obey Romans 10 and 9, when you obey that, the reward is salvation. At that point, the Holy Spirit comes within you. And it makes you new inside. Regeneration. Now the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I, I, I grew up in an environment that, buddy, we, we loved us some holy ghost, spirit, whatever you call it, church. Amen. That's how I grew up. But we never progressed further into understanding the purpose of it. We just know it felt good. But you can't live by your feelings only. You got to mix your feelings in with a little bit of, somebody say smarts. Talk about a whole while ago. I was praying over my kids the other day in the car going to school. And man, I sounded like I was 103 from like West Virginia. I'm praying over my children. I said, Lord, help them with their smarts. And man, it took my own daughter to go. After I said amen, she went, what do you mean by smarts? I went, Daddy ain't too smart. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it matters, though, to mix a little bit of your, your, what you feel in God with what you can know about God. Can I help you, somebody? So the Holy Spirit at confession, the Holy Spirit at the point of saving faith, the Holy Spirit comes within you. And it's the Holy Spirit, now back to the original part of this sermon, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you and bring light on the thing that's pressing you down. So the thing that is pressing on you, that's keeping you from being your best, the Holy Spirit will say, hey, Tommy, your temper's out of control. Some of you thought that was the job of your wife at times. But at times, it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, Tommy, you need to treat that person better. 
At times, it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, Tommy, you need to pay closer to a, a closer attention to that passage of Scripture. Hey, Tommy, you need to reconsider your understanding of that particular topic. The Holy Spirit will show you the mountain that is keeping you from an 11-day trip to your promised land that's going to actually turn into a 40-year struggle. So when the Holy Spirit within you reveals that to you, the Holy Spirit's not done with you. It doesn't just want to reveal issues to you. It wants to empower you to overcome the issue. So where do we go? I see now that upon my point of confession, I see in Romans 10 that if I obey that scripture, I have saving faith by the grace of God. And I also see that Titus tells me that I've been, my sins are now washed away. I've been given this new birth and I've got new life through the Holy Spirit. But pastor, you're telling me that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal the things I need to take care of. And you just said something in my ears, heard you say that it's going to empower me. Does that at the same time? No. Something different and something special. This is what is called in the scriptures the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because now the Holy Spirit's within you. Everybody say, on the inside. It's within you, right? But the book of Acts, oh, this is so good. The book of Acts, chapter 1, tells me, Jesus said, Jesus. If Jesus said it, I think we might want to hear it. Jesus said, here's the deal. I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father. You, I need you to go to Jerusalem. Don't get hung up on where. Just go to Jerusalem, and I want all of you to be together, and I want you to start praying, and I want you to wait. Biblical word says Terry. I want you to hang out there, pray, and you're going to be endued. You're going to be given an endowment. There's going to be something released to you with power. But then an interesting word, when the after, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So now we see that it was the within work of the Holy Spirit in me that came whenever I got saved. The Holy Spirit's in me, working in me, revealing things to me, comforting me, loving me, helping me, guiding me. All right? But now Jesus is revealing that there is an experience available to whosoever will, to any believer that has obeyed saving faith and that has obeyed regeneration where the Spirit's making you again anew. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says there's something more available for you if you're willing to seek it. And he uses the word upon. This experience come on you and I love this, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1. Seven weeks have gone by now since Jesus' death and resurrection, and it's the time called the day of Pentecost. Believers were meeting together, verse 2. Suddenly there was a sound like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. Everybody say, everybody say windstorm. Sound like a big old windstorm. Sounds like those rednecks in East Texas when a tornado comes through. And they say, it sounded like a train. You ever heard that? Why does it always sound like a train? I don't know, but they always say, it's like a train came through the house. 
windstorm in the skies above them. It filled the house where they were meeting. Look at verse 3. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on their hands, heads. Everybody say fire. So we got windstorm. We've got fire. Verse 4. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they did not know. For the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now I'm going to tell you, there's some things in this passage of scriptures that I just don't understand. I, don't, I really don't get it. And, and, and everybody's got their own opinions. I've got my opinion. I'm just going to share it with you. Here's the deal. I have no idea why that God had to make this passage of scripture and this beautiful experience so weird sounding. Windstorm, fire. Does not sound like something I want to be a part of. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe and possibly because it had never happened before. This was the very first account of this experience. I think heaven said, we got to do it big. We got to go big or go home. We got to have like, what's big? Maybe send them a windstorm. We'll whip up some wind. Put fire on them. Fire on them. You sure about that? Yeah, put fire. They'll know it's real if they got fire on their heads. Put fire on them. Put fire on them. Now, I can't tell you why that this scripture says there was a crazy windstorm and fire. I can't tell you why. I know this, that when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was no windstorm. I know this, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was no fire. I got tickled at my little girl Esme one time when she was much younger. She, she had a little picture Bible. And anybody ever bought their kids a picture Bible, um, uh, you, you probably witnessed something like this. She so had this little picture Bible. And I'll never forget reading this passage of Scripture to my little baby girl. And the little, the little cartoon characters are there praying, you know. There's, uh, they were praying. And there's this big flame of fire on her head. And Esme said, why are they on fire? And I just looked at her. I was lost. I went, I don't know. And she said, that's terrible. I know. And she said, I don't want anything to do with that. I said, me neither. So there was no, I don't know why they did it. But you can't get lost with the stuff you don't understand. Or you'll miss out on this incredible experience. Because there was no wind for me. There was no fire for me. But I do know this. The other element that is quite interesting, I do know that I spoke in tongues. And I know that it was not something somebody taught me. I also know that it wasn't something flaky and weird like ecstatic gibberish. It was kind of beautiful. Again, no wind, no fire. But when it happened to me, it was special. And I honestly believe with all my heart that the key to a new you is that you don't get turned off to the things you don't understand about this experience, but rather you embrace the experience for what it is. So this is what I want to do for you. I want to help you with something. Concerning the speaking in tongues portion, a lot of people are turned off by that because, you know, it's, you're like me. You and I are a lot alike in this, the pride factor. Because you've probably YouTubed it, God have mercy, don't do that. You've probably Googled it, oh Lord Jesus, don't do that sometimes. You may have even experienced some services 
where a certain style of church service got goofy. I want to help you today. I'm here to partner with you and help you because I believe with all my heart as your pastor that this experience is for you. Okay, now listen to me. Here's where things got off track. A lot of folks experienced what we're talking about and it was so beautiful and dynamic and it felt so good in a good way. It was like life-changing, supernatural, power of God moment. It was a God moment that it, it, it got a hold of them so much and they loved it so much they could not wait to tell everybody about it. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they went out and there were 3,000 people turned over to the church that day. I mean, they were on fire for God. No pun intended, right? <laughs> Here's the catch. You can't just take one scripture out of the Bible and build everything you believe around it. It's got to work its way into this beautiful map. It's got to synchronize well because there's the experience. That's why it's the book of Acts. It was the Acts of the Apostles. But here comes the letters to the church that teaches clearly about the experience. It's kind of like this. My, my, my girls are trying their hand at basketball right now. And it's so fun watching them grow and learn the game. How much, how, how far would they go without any teaching? So help me. I heard one of the kids on the team, these are all new New players. I heard one kid say, is there any tackling in basketball? <laughs> and I'm like, tell him, yeah. <laughs> Let's have fun doing this. <laughs> if there was no education with the fun experience, basketball wouldn't be basketball. Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit experience was followed up with teaching. And a lot of real good people that I honor, I do not criticize my past and my faith family, but a lot of people ignored or chose not to explore the teaching that goes with the experience. Here's the teaching, and this is what will eliminate a lot of you from thinking it's goofy. Paul comes along and says, hey, I've heard something about your church in Corinth. I've heard that you guys have been seeking the Holy Spirit, and it's actually working, and it's happening, and you're being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. I celebrate that. But I need to tell you, be careful not to put it on display for everybody to see because it doesn't make sense to the unbeliever. It doesn't make sense to the one that doesn't really know what's going on. They're actually going to be turned off by it than turned on by it. You need to do that in your private prayer time. Now, I just touched a sore subject with some people. The reason is, it's a sore subject, because some people grew up in environments that birthed this idea, and I've and I got to be real careful because it's going to come out like I'm being critical and I'm not, but I've got to give you the, the, the point, okay? They birthed this idea that they had to verify who spoke in tongues to be able to say, oh, they got that and, and she got that. And the next thing you know, it became like a trophy display case. But meanwhile, made up names, Johnny and Susie in the back have never been around it. And they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. There's wind. 
there's fire, there's weird words, and now they're putting them on the platform and everybody's clapping for them for what they did. Here's the deal. Paul says, check it out, that's going to really mess your church up because y'all are focusing on the wrong thing. It's great that everybody's receiving this baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it really needs to be done in their private devotional time. Now let me elaborate. There are some times for small groups. There are some times for prayer groups. There are some times for, for family gatherings where everybody's in the loop on what everybody's up to, and that's totally permissible. But in the public worship service, Paul said, I would rather, I would rather you slim your worship service down to hardly anything if it's going to cause someone to believe in Jesus than to go all out elaborate with a whole bunch of Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost stuff where it turns everybody off. So, where does this leave us? I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that every single person in this room today and that was here earlier, I believe with all my heart that you need to privately in your prayer time, you need to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because when you do, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and this is why you want it. You're going to be given a prayer language, and don't let this mess you up. Nobody's going to be looking. Nobody's going to be filming you from behind the bushes. When you get your prayer language, this is why it's critical, because you're going to be like me, and you're going to have some obstacles like that mountain. Or you're going to have some issues like marriage issues, health issues, financial issues, mental issues. That you are so overwhelmed by them, you don't even know how to pray about them. And Paul, the teacher, the teacher tells us. Now remember guys, you remember back there when y'all got full of the Holy Spirit and you, and you had that, that weird thing happen in your language? The reason for that is because it became your prayer language. So when you are overwhelmed and you don't know how to pray, in your private prayer time, you can sit in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that has now come upon you can come from you and literally pray for what you need that you don't even know how to pray for. Now, there's not a person alive that would say, well, I don't think I want that. No, anybody and everybody would want that. It's just the odd stuff that doesn't make sense that goes with the, the reading of those scriptures that nobody wants. And I'm a living witness. That was a one-time occasion to make the point that this is of God for his church, even the church of January 2018. I believe that this, is experience, that this experience rather is for you and I'm going to do two things for you. Number one, I want you to seek it in your devotional time. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Secondly, it's kind of strange, but I want you to put the graphic up here. I think you need to mix some education in with your seeking. And if you'll text this number, even right where you are right now, or you can screenshot it and do it later. Uh, I'm sorry, picture it and do it later. I'm going to send you four messages straight to the privacy of your, your carrier. I'm going to send you four messages that have absolutely nothing else to do with anything else except 
Holy Spirit education. Because I believe it so much. I'm going to send this to you. And I want you to listen to it. Pray. Listen to it. Pray. Listen to it. Pray. And I think that I will show you through scripture and through teaching. The truth is. This was the gift to the New Testament church. And as your pastor, I promise you, I will follow the lead of my bishop. And Bishop Ron and Bishop Sherry have done such a marvelous job at taking this congregation through the years and steering it to the point of doing our best as ministry to cut away the things that hinder the church that, that breeds self-righteousness, that breeds a legalistic tone and sound, but yet establishes the truth. Every single one of the young people of this church should be full of the Holy Ghost. Every elder should be full of the Holy Spirit. Every singer, every musician should be full of the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you that it's healthy, it's beneficial, it's for you, the believer. I want you to stand with me today. Amen. Amen and amen. Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Bible says that he will reward those that diligently seek him. I close with this. For all of you that are interested and that are going to seek the Holy Spirit, this is how it's going to happen in your life. If you'll ask, it shall be given. If you'll seek, you shall find it. If you'll knock on heaven's door, it shall be open unto you. This will give you the happy new you that you've been looking for. Can you believe it? It's not in kale diet. It's not in exercise every day. I'm just picking on some of you. You know I'm just messing with you. Let's exercise the gift of the Spirit, amen? All right, guys. Thank you for your attention today. I know it's a unique service, and I've been looking forward to it for weeks just because I know that some of you, you love God. And you have the Holy Spirit within you. I learned a valuable lesson from my friend, Pastor Rex Johnson in Austin, Texas. He said, in a very vulnerable moment with me, I told you I was done, but I'm not. But don't sit down or we'll be here till three. In a very vulnerable moment, Pastor Rex told me something. He said, Tommy... I know I was your pastor in your formidable years, teenage years. So help me. I love it when older men are willing to be vulnerable. He said, son, I would, I would mess things up. And I would say to an audience like this, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can have it today. He said, and I started realizing there are a lot of special, beautiful Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, beautiful people. You have the Holy Spirit. It's within you.
But this experience, it's the fullness of the purpose of the Holy Ghost. So for you today, I don't want you to question your relationship with God. That would be the work of the enemy. That would be the work of the flesh. I want you to go higher. Somebody take your hand one more time and say, take me higher, Lord. Take me higher, Lord. Father, right now, I bless my friends, good people all over this room. I love them so much. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if there's anyone here today that you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've yet to have the gift of God's saving grace. I would love to lead you to Jesus right now. Would you lift up your hand real quick? You just want to know that you're saved. You just want to know that your heart's right with God. I see your hand, sir. Is there anyone else? I see your hand. I see your hand right there. Wow, this is beautiful. Thank you, gentlemen, in the back. It's incredible. It's obvious you're sitting together as friends. This is something super cool for you. I see you there holding that baby. If you have your hand up, this prayer is for you. And I ask you to come into agreement with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I know that I know that I need you as my Savior. I call on your name right now by faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, save me. Forgive me of my sin. May the Holy Spirit come into my heart, begin to work in my life, making me new. Teach me how to think differently, Holy Spirit. Teach me how to talk differently, Holy Spirit. May I come into the obedience of the Word of God. Thank you for saving me, Lord. And letting my name be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and put me in the family of God. Thank you. By faith it's done in Jesus' name. Now, put your hands down and every eye closed one more time before I dismiss you. If you're in this service... This would help me today as a pastor. If you're in this service and you're willing to open up your mind and heart to the Word of God and allow Him to take you higher by the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you're willing to seek it and ask Him for it, I want you to lift your hands quickly all over the room. I'm going to pray a special prayer for you today. My goodness, look at these beautiful hands. Oh, that's beautiful. So many hands. This prayer is for you, and I'm going to dismiss you. Dear Lord, I thank you for every hand that's lifted. I pray the prayer of faith over these that have their hands lifted. May them and theirs in their own prayer time be given the beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. May it be such a beautiful experience for them that it changes everything in their life. May it empower them. May it strengthen them to give them the power and the ability to witness and to walk in this Christian faith. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time today. Amen. I know I'm putting so many people on the spot. 
this is total redneck pastoring, but Mike, are you leading your group this semester? The freedom class? That's what I need you to do, Mike. Mike and Laura, I want you to come down here real quick. Come down here real quick. Thank God this ain't on video. If it was, it'd be edited out, wouldn't it? Stand right here in the front. Yeah, thank you. Man, y'all a good-looking couple. Was it last men's night or two men's nights ago? Two? Two men's nights ago on Monday nights, the first Monday night of every month we do a men's night. I've never heard the Holy Spirit taught any better, any clearer than this lay minister right here. I probably should have just took my seat today and let him do it. Because I'm telling you, this, this man right here, he owns his own business, runs a profitable company, has two drop-dead gorgeous kiddos, and he's married to my all-time favorite, Laura Davis. She works here at the church with us. She's my secretary, does a great job. I call her my LD. That's my Laura Davis, my all-time favorite Laura Davis. Never known another one. I pray I never meet another one because she'll still be my favorite Laura Davis. Here's the catch. His small group is called Christian Essentials. Within that small group, this will be deeply discussed and shared in a very loving, safe, beautiful environment. If you're looking for a small group, this is yours. And I'm going to ask you to hang out. Give it about five minutes after I dismiss. And if you want to get connected, they start soon next week. Come quick. Get signed up. Because this is...